0: Welcome back to another EXP podcast. We've got another exciting episode coming up for you guys. I'm joined by Justin and Clinton. I'm going to get them guys to introduce themselves. Justin, do you want to start us off?
1: Oh, man. Okay, cool. Uh, My name is Justin. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Very good. I know, (laughs) No, I'm based in Chicago. Uh, I've been doing games for about 20 years now. I started in PlayStation 1. That's how old I am. And things have changed a lot. Now we're doing PlayStation 5 stuff, so that's interesting. I've been teaching for about 15 years. Um, along the way, I've worked at a variety of studios like um, uh, Midway Games and did some of the Mortal Kombat stuff, worked at Activision for a, while, for a while, doing Tony Hawk stuff and some of their other IPs. And then um, I worked at Disney for a while and did some Kingdom Hearts stuff. And currently, I'm at Epic Games, and I'm working on the Unreal uh, education side for game development, and I'm um, in charge of the learning at ArtStation. So it's so fun. And I teach. On the side, uh, mentor with uh, Clinton at CG Spectrum, so keep him busy.
2: It's a lot of stuff.
1: (laughs) It's great. (laughs) I'm bald, just constantly bald. Bald when
2: I was (laughs) thirteen.
1: Yeah, I've been drinking coffee since I was five.
0: And uh, and Clinton is our first returning guest, so uh, oh wow, that's awesome! You, uh, yeah, <laughs> any, any or, listeners who've heard before will know him, but just for, yeah. for anyone new joining us, Clinton, tell us a bit about yourself.
3: <laughs> you either like me enough to make me return, or you hate everyone else enough to not let them come back. <laughs> we just had no one left, <laughs> man. <laughs> so yeah, so my name is Clinton Crumpler. Uh, I'm the head of uh, Decagon Studios. Um, my background is in mostly uh, like art direction and uh, shader development. Uh, and Unreal Engine development for the most part. And then, uh, yeah, so I've just been working with uh, a lot of education stuff recently, uh, working with Justin on a bunch of like Epic Learning content, uh, ArtStation Learning content, and uh, and then Decagon Studios just been working on a lot of like outsourcing contracts and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much me.
0: Very nice. There's so much
3: more to you than that. <laughs> Keep it simple. They, they've already heard it before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like an onion, all the layers.
0: (laughs) So we got you guys in, and we wanted to have a little bit of chat about um, online education in the sort of games art space. Uh, You're both kind of titans in that in that area, with a load of experience. Um, We wanted to kind of yeah have a bit of discussion about it, because especially with with kind of the global situation that's been happening, more stuff's moving online. even even sort of in person university courses and stuff have had to go online and I think a lot more people are turning to to other sources to kind of get that education and looking looking to pick up that learning. To start us off then, just wanted to talk a little bit about uh the kind of online courses for self learning. So so I guess Justin, with your um experience of the art station learning stuff, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how um how you've been going about sort of sourcing and, and getting kind of the online courses um, specifically aimed at, at people, kind of self-guided uh, teaching, and how how that's been kind of going.
1: I can't. I'm just
4: kidding. <laughs> uh, Fair <so>. enough. <laughs> this has been a good
1: podcast. <laughs> Sign we, are, off. Uh, we, make a, we, we make a little uh, flyer using Microsoft Paint, and then <laughs> no, it's uh it's pretty interesting. Um, because a, a lot of the times that you know uh, I've been doing the content creation for education for Unreal online learning for game development. And then um, I just recently started the stuff for ArtStation. And it's pretty much the same way. Like um, when you've been doing development and education and been in the industry, as long as me and Clinton, your Rolodex becomes pretty large. And I think that's a big thing that Clinton and I are actually pretty good at and pretty proactive. And it, I'd say, you know, cause we are more late, like not that all people aren't laid back, but we're pretty laid back. So the effort to talk to other people doesn't feel like an effort. I generally want to catch up with folks and, you know, see how they're doing. And if there's events, I want to see them. And like, it's, uh, I have a genuine interest in keeping connected to people that I have worked with or taught with or even educated myself. So usually what happens is you want to kind of go through your real decks and think about, all right, well, you know, there's a need. um, And the need usually comes around specific software or like a, a typical trend in the industry at the time and you want to kind of look through your old decks and be like all right well who would be great for this and i'm not just looking for someone who's like a master of the craft they have to be more than that um you know i'm gonna flatter clinton for a little bit but the reason why don't let it get to your head um reason, <laughs> all right he's just like drinking and smiling oh yeah man. eat my cheetos right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> his, his shirt just covered in like the cheeto slime uh, but uh uh no, the, the nice thing about him uh, is that I was, I was very aware of Clinton's work, like, back when you were in SCAD, just because I was a fan of your graphic design eye, um, and I thought that not not enough people who were getting in this industry knew how to present their work. I feel like they made, like, a stake, and they, can we swear?
0: Yeah, go for it.
2: Absolutely, go for
1: it. <laughs> like they, they, like, they spent all this time making this stake, and they fucking put it on a paper plate, and they're like, yeah, look what I made, and it's like. It was, they, they had no uh, uh, kind of like uh, passion or pride to showcase their work and it just felt like eyesore. So I was like, oh, that's amazing. But then I kept following his work and he, he did such a great job of not making huge scenes, but smaller scenes and breaking them down. And then uh, the way that he was presenting him and showcasing stuff, I was like, that's the kind of um, person I want to work with education wise, because I've seen some amazing artists and they've either had attitudes or just no way mm-hmm. to communicate, or they're just very sloppy. And I want to be with people who are efficient, have fun, and um, don't bite off more than they can chew. And when I'm looking for people to create content for either ArtStation or, or uh, Unreal, I need to make sure that not only are they kind of like doing, they don't need to be the top of their game in their industry, but they want, I want them to be involved and, and have a, a good background and, you know, either they're making their own YouTube content or they're working uh, with online schools or teaching in, in general, because it helps with them being able to pace and educate and not go to record something and talk like the micro machines person. I don't know if that ever made it your way, but they're just so <laughs> fast or like the monotone, the, this is what we're doing. It, you, you just got to be that balance. And uh, those are the things I'm really looking for. So, yeah, when, when I first find out, it's, it's just jumping in the Rolodex and, you know, seeing who meets my needs, but also who, i personally would geek out on learning something from
2: have you had any like situations where you there was someone that you really wanted but couldn't get or like i don't know oh, yeah. Was, uh, yeah like someone that you, you just like geeked out over getting or sent a message and just said oh, i'm not, never going to get them and they came back or something like that
1: oh i mean i you know um I've had people where I, I've tried to reach out to them, and I just haven't gotten them. I think one of them is a, a really great artist. I don't know. I, I know, Clinton. I, know you're familiar with him. Uh, Pascal Schianti, I think I'm seeing his name mm-hmm. right. Pascal's great. Yes. And uh, me and him tried to work together for a long time. It's just unfortunate that every single studio he went to, there was like a non-compete clause that for some reason took an education, which, you know, I, I get it. So it's just one of those things like, oh, I want to work with him. Um, but then there's also been people that I've reached out to that either never respond or um, you know, I the one person. It's like again, I'm I'm gonna, god, Clinton's gonna leave her with a giant ego. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> same with him. It's like he. I, I know that he's busy. He runs his studio. He's got all these other projects, and like he he makes the time to create content. And it's not just content. He is consistently creating content that our users are like, oh my god, this is amazing. So you know, I hope your wife's in the background just going, <laughs>
3: <laughs> just tears <laughs> running down my face of joy. <laughs> 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 Honey, it's out of the house. We're gonna buy a <laughs> I'm validated. <Yeah. laughs> I don't need you anymore? You don't need your daughter. <laughs>
2: That's all I wanted to hear. Uh, oh, I do.
3: I do appreciate
2: it. Uh, but you're touching a very good point there. Um, something that I I see people run into a lot. With people that really want to educate. People that really want to help out. Uh, or, and can't because their studios have some incredibly strong uh, non-compete clauses. Um, I think that really gets in the way. Like that really gets in the way. Because like some people just genuinely want to help. And that, that, that can happen. Because the studios just won't allow them to talk about anything or to anyone or about anything at all. Right? So...
3: It's a real shame. It's interesting though, right? Because like when you, when you think about it, it's like uh, I think in general for the most part, like when you find studios are so tight lip about that stuff, the process in which they don't want to share becomes so like culturally lost when, the, when that artist moves on that then they're like, why can't we find anyone that knows how to use our engine or how to use yeah. our tools? It's like, well, because there's no documentation and no artist knows how to use it. So, and you didn't let anyone talk about it. So it's kind of a, it's 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 hard to, I feel like it comes around to bite them in the end for sure.
5: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the one thing that me and Clinton have always been really passionate about is just, we. it's not that we are like behind closed doors sharing NDA information, but it's also like, if he learns something or if I learn something or any of our friends in our circle learn something, we generally want to share that information. And when we create courses, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's nice to get paid for it, but it's also, it's like, you, you want to help the industry because it's, it's one of those things where the industry is still really new. There's not that many Mm -hmm. people in it. And a lot of people who are like the, like the more senior level are going to be retiring soon. And there's this huge opening of junior level people who just, in my opinion, aren't prepared. Maybe they are like super tech savvy, but they have no communication, no like design sense, none of that stuff. And I don't know about Clinton, but I want to watch movies and play games when I'm older and invest <laughs> yeah. you know, in these people. So we have something to do. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think the the problem with that as well is that the more senior people as well, they don't they don't want to move to other studios a lot for for a lot of reasons. And one of them usually is because the information is so scarce on the kind of like work that they do with the, the engines and things that, and tools that they use um, that it can be a bit scary. So for a lot of people, I think just having that extra bit of information that someone shared at a GDC or at a, a, a random article somewhere about, oh, how the this studio does their work with splines, whatever, I don't know. It can just be a little bit more encouraging, right? To just apply. So, you know.
3: Definitely. Even if it's in theory, too. Like, oftentimes it's like, it doesn't have to be like a verbatim, here's the tech code as to how we solved the spline solution. It's like, here's how we thought about it and here's how it was solved in like a more of a theory base. And it's like that, that in itself encourages other people to go out and learn and and discover for themselves how to do something like that as well.
1: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Exactly. And I think that's the big thing. Like, there doesn't need to be. We're not saying share your source code or every, even at your actual physical assets. I think it's just sometimes it's nice to see, to hear from someone on the journey. It's like, you know, I don't need to like watch Lord of the Rings and see every minute of the journey. But, you know, an overview is nice. I do. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I would watch that too. But I just like the back and forth between Samwise and photo. <laughs> but yeah totally can see his face just gets tired of frodo the further he gets on the trip he's like oh god man <laughs> maybe it's the llama's bread it's
2: like an analog of the games industry and your career
1: <laughs> it, is. it is it is i'm with so, the elves right now so that's cool <laughs>
0: <laughs> on that kind of note how how um I guess we'll, we'll uh, throw this one over to Clinton to start off with. How do you kind of make sure that the the stuff you're kind of teaching online is keeping up with um, what what is kind of current and, and standard within, I mean, industry standard, obviously everyone does everything a bit differently, but, you know, at least sort of, yeah, What what's kind of current technology yeah, techniques, these I mean, kind of
3: things. <laughs> oh man, uh, secrets revealed. <laughs> no, so I think it's just really about like, it's something that takes a while to, to do further in your career, but it's really just trusting the artists around you that you know. Uh, as you get older, and as you, I think you get anyone gets in their career, you'll come to a point where you realize the younger people that are like right behind you in age or have like developed their skills with a newer skill set, and they've used different tools, and they've gone about their process a different way, and they've learned different things, and and oftentimes they'll uh, I guess surpass you in the skill set and how fast they are or what they're doing. And it's really just like trusting in those people that you've hired to do those skill sets that you know that you can't just sit. I can't just sit here and sculpt everything myself or do everything myself. So it's like hiring those people that, you know, know their stuff really well and then trusting in them to do a good job to, uh, you know, record it and like, you know, process it into a learning series. And so uh, like a lot of the stuff we were doing with the art station learning series, it was really just about like 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 Justin was saying like a lot of people that we've worked with throughout our past that I'm like man I I I know that like Dylan does an amazing job at like you know assets and I I remember working with him he was worked at Decagon a long time ago and then he moved on to the Coalition and he just did like an amazing job and everything I see from him looked awesome so I was like man what a great opportunity to work with him again and to trust in his skill set to like be able to show the world like, you know, how awesome that he is at making certain assets or like, you know, same thing with like CAD or any of the other people that we had uh, in this kind of last art station series learning um, session. But yeah, it's just really just, you know, having faith in those around you that, you know, their skills are really what, you know, makes them a talented artist. And like being able to showcase that is uh, something that you can't just like go ping them on LinkedIn and be like, yo, show me how to do this. And so like having those, those yeah. talented artists. <laughs> Having those talented artists be able to like take that time to show is like amazing. You know, it's, I think to me, like I've watched through all the learning series so far that we've done, and every time I'm like, "Damn, I didn't know any of this shit." <laughs> so like, <laughs> so it's like just great to see like how different people go about different processes and like, just just staying current yourself. Even if it's
2: something simple, right? Like, uh, oh, just definitely a different way to model something that you've just not done before. It's just good to like know, just watch and learn these new things definitely. and share the information.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think think that's something that's really cool to see too, like Clinton does, and I'm glad Clinton does this stuff, because it's, I think when you get to a certain point, when you have all this experience, there's this, and I know that I've I've expressed this to him several times, it's like, there's this desire to want to create content, because you Mm -hmm. want to know how to do it, and you want to see, you know, it's like, you want to be validated that you're still essential, and you can do this stuff, plus it's fun. But then at a certain point you know life takes over and you have all these other projects and you have to feel comfortable delegating and recognizing the strengths other people have to contribute to that because if you don't then and even for me it's like when i'm producing content for ArtStation or for um unreal uh, my method of like helping is i'm not hands on i mean i'm hands on to the standpoint of like a help when needed but i don't want to micromanage because I'm, i'm choosing people based on their reputation their skill sets and like who they are So it makes no sense for me to be like, like checking them all the time because it's going to mess up the creative process. It's going to be annoying to them. And it's not efficient. It's not working smart. It's me trying to validate my job and working hard because I can be like, oh yeah, I've been, but at a certain point you have to let them do more content. And then that's where you can kind of allocate time to be researching what other trends are in place or different methods or educating yourself. So you are more efficient at, um, you know, helping the content get pushed away, which is, you know, I, I, I've never really, you know, the last three years I've been producing, but before that I was always creating content. So I think that has really helped on top of being a a teacher as well. And I think that's what really helps with Clinton because he's done both. And uh, essentially like he's doing the same stuff that I'm doing in a lot of ways is is like, you know, we understand what has to be done. So it makes it easier to communicate with the teams to make that stuff happen.
2: Absolutely. doesn't sound that unlike Mm. um, a lead artist really right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's very similar, exactly. And, and I, me, and him have both been leads at various studios. And then like, I, I think you know, people have this idea of what a lead artist or art director or directors are. And it's like, it doesn't mean you're necessarily the, like the top dog art wise. It's you know, I became a lead artist because I was at Activision, and no one would, no one was like speaking up. And I was like, all oh, right, I'll just do it. Hmm. And it becomes this person who uh, can communicate with other teams and check mm-hmm. in with people and just make sure everyone's happy. So I feel like me having that time um, teaching before I got into my lead position allowed me to really be a good lead because you're, I mean, you're kind of like a cheerleader in a way where you're like, Hey, you're doing great. Or you need help. Come here, help us. And and like, do you want to lead by example as well? But I feel like a good lead is just there to kind of clear the path, just like a good producer and a good director.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Me and my friend Chan talk about this a lot. Um, It's like, it's like you get into a point in your career where it's no, longer, it's no longer as important to propel yourself forward as it is you realize the overall success you and your studio and you or your team will get will be by you propelling your team forward and their skill sets and their understanding. And so the more you acknowledge that as you kind of come into that leadership role, the more successful the project is, because if you only focus on yourself, you'll find that the project will fail because people didn't have the support they needed along the way
1: yeah exactly and if you empower someone to there if you make someone feel like they're proud of what they're doing they're going to want to share that content to their network to their friends they're mm-hmm. going to have ideas oh, to like oh like, and you know clinton's been essential for like hey i'm like hey i need, need more people to do these things oh hey uh, work with this person because he had a good time working with me and vice versa so it makes it so it's easy to find more people to create content with and they're going to share it and it gets a better reputation and it just helps
0: everyone. It's always who you know, isn't it? Yeah, with everything. Um it's always it just makes such a difference if you can leave a good impression on someone, have a, a much easier time with finding new jobs, um, getting connections, you know think it just opens a lot of doors, isn't it, for everything if you um if you leave a good impression with people. <laughs> Throwing over to uh back to Justin. Mm-hmm. With um I want to talk a little bit about art station learning specifically because I think it's really it's really kind of blown up um, since uh, since it kind of went all free, um, opened up to a much wider wider number of people than just sort of the art station um, paid users. It's really taken off. I think this it it's filled an area that typically has been very dominated by YouTube tutorials, mm-hmm. uh, and there are some great people making content on YouTube, and there are some people making content on YouTube, and it's it's hello to people making. It can be a bit difficult, especially for someone who's maybe coming in fresh, um, just wants to know what they're doing. If they're going through YouTube, it's, it's easy to pick up some interesting techniques and ideas that perhaps are, uh, you know, either about 20 years out of date or just kind of really off base. Um, how do you kind of go about with ArtStation learning, making sure that you're kind of curating the content that you have to be, to cover enough bases, but also to be, um, yeah, relevant and diverse and kind of fulfill that, that need for people who are, you know, they they might not even know what they're doing, right? They're coming onto Art Station Learning. Uh, they, they know they want to do stuff for games. Um, and and yeah, what what's the sort of process of making sure you've got content for those people?
1: I mean, I, I think, you know, again, uh, I'm fairly new to them, but I can kind of speak to what I'm going to be doing, what I want to do and what I've sure. been doing at, at um, Unreal stuff. And I think the goal, again, is just to high level, know, internally as a team, look at the high-level things we want to cover. You know, whether it's uh, software-related or it's a, a a role within a studio and in which industry we're really focusing on. Um, and then, you know, within that, kind of make plans on who do you want to actually deal with. Like, you know, with the Decagon content, um, uh, they did a great job producing their content, and you know, we'll, we'll, we want, do we want to make more with them? Of course, we want to make more with them. And then, do we want to do software stuff? It, so. We can't, the way that I like to think about things and how we've been positioning things with at least the Unreal Education, this is kind of like what I want to do with the art station stuff. just really focus on learning paths and um, project-based uh, content and experimenting. So, you know, something that really takes you along the path to become an environment artist or something that takes you in the path of like, hey, here's how we created this specific scene. And then there's going to be a lot of overlapping on specific stuff, you know, a level designer or a concept artist and all that stuff that takes, you um, that's part of the pipeline to finish that aspect. And then maybe here's some content we give away that we're giving you some bullet points of suggestions on how to, to build using this free asset pack. But the idea is we can't make everyone happy. All we can really do, and the, and to be blunt, I'm only creating content that I would really want to geek out and learn as well. And it's not just what I want. And like I'm not trying to be selfish that way, but uh, I, I think there's... Um, a little bit of an advantage that comes from teaching for 15 years at a variety of schools and working 20 years at a variety of studios um, and I, i've been working with the rookies for the last 10 years too is i've been able to meet with hundreds and thousands of students and work with hundreds of thousands of people at different studios and you get a strong understanding and the one thing that i will say like i mentioned earlier is like i started in playstation one the main pipeline hasn't changed there's some additions to it you know if you think of it like a hire going from a to b yeah, we have, no more, we have some more on-ramps and off-ramps. We have some extra lanes, but, you know, shit's still the same. So we're trying to really hammer in those core things that won't change and then have, have like, these, like, the like sprinkle in these other, like, one-off things that, oh, who, here, here's a really cool tool. Maybe that tool's only going to be valid for, like, a year or so, but then we have to update it. Um, so for me, I'm trying to look at stuff that, yes, I want to learn. And uh, and then when I, I'm not 100%... Uh, aware of certain things that's where i kind of have my um my advisor type people that i kind of go to and you know clinton's a main one of those and people that i know that are are, are more programmers more technical sounded um uh, i'll, I'll ping them as well and then that's why we always leverage internal st- staff for we call them SMEs, like subject matter experts to make sure hey are we on track are we uh, identifying the, the correct tools and a certain part, um, you know, if we're working on someone who's someone who's like creating content for like a specific software, we're relying on them to be the the, the best um, authority on that specific topic too. So um, the short answer, I'm trying to make stuff that I would geek out learning. Uh, long answer, like on top of that, we're making sure that we're those those things are um, basically rooted in um, industry musts in terms of pipeline and best practices. And then like you know, we're going to hit the trend things along the way and then making sure that we have the the best industry people in terms of uh, not, you know, I, I don't want them to be the best skill wise. Yeah. It'd be amazing sometimes, but it's sometimes it comes down to the people who are the most passionate that are, you know, not only cranking out a content, but they're aware of the stuff that's out there. They're connecting with people. They, they have their finger on the pulse of what the industry and community need. That was a lot, right? That was good. Was great. That's one of those things like an old school where I just like passed out. Like, what did I say? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I, I know some amazing artists and I'm sure Clinton does too, that they're amazing, but they're so focused on that specific aspect mm-hmm. that they, they are blind to other roles within that pipeline or to what the industry is acting actually doing or to how to articulate and break down how to, because it's one thing to know how to do something. It's another thing to take the time to break it down and try to re-explain it to someone else
3: oh hands down first time you make a tutorial any anybody the first time you make a tutorial you're like wait a minute how did i do this <laughs> that's it's always the process cuz you you suddenly realize it's became it became a thing that you memorize through the process of doing it and it's a lot harder to recite or regurgitate that information on the spot especially in a technical manner where it's digestible and so to Justin's point like there are certain people that are good at creating content and there, there's also an additional breed of people that are good at creating content and understanding how to teach that content back to other people yeah uh, and so it just it definitely takes a which requires a certain amount of type of person to do that for sure
2: yeah and i mean there's um there's also the fact that because you're going to reach such a broad audience you have to make sure that the content is accessible mm-hmm. in a way that it's not just um Oh, here's an extremely advanced way of making shaders. You kind of you don't have to cover the basics again, but you have to make sure that it's explained in such a a nice, concise, uh, easily digestible way that you can just follow along, even if you don't have the ultimate experience in. Right? And I think finding those people is is quite uh, not rare, but it's uh, their breed, as you say.
3: Yeah, I think I think that's what one of my favorite parts that uh, Justin had added to the. Um... To the uh, epic learning is that there was a um, kind of a initial opening to every video or series as to what's expected that the learner already knows. So you kind of already go into it with the understanding of like, if I don't know this, maybe I should back up a step and take one of these other courses or view one of these other lessons first, before I jump into this, just because it it, it prefaces that. So you you know how sometimes you'll watch a tutorial and it's like, especially when you're a learner, like you're just starting out and you're like, whoa, this is way too over my head. Like I, I have no idea what they're doing. Like they're like doing crazy stuff in like Verizon or like ZBrush. And I'm like, I have no idea what this. I don't even know what a basic UV is yet. And mm-hmm. so it's helpful It's helpful to those I think that are, are just starting out or just trying to figure out what part of the process they're at and so that they can better understand is this particular lesson uh, ready for them or not at that point.
1: Yeah, I think that stuff becomes like, you know, Good education, in my opinion, it, it is like a, a game. There has to be some sort of gamification. I mean, you know, a learning path is just nothing but telling you where to go next, and that's fine. It's like the identifying of what to do, where to go. Um, maybe obviously, it'd be kind of fun if there's like levels and levels up, but like people, you know, I like to learn things because I'm just generally like, I think you, in order to survive in the creative industry, especially the education industry, you have to just like enjoy learning and wanting to do this stuff just for no reason. But there's some people that are motivated by like hey I'm, I'm level two i'm level three uh, or, <laughs> yeah. I'm this far down this stuff and you know i had a conversation with someone earlier uh who's a, a user of all the online online learning um stuff and uh it, it was it really impressive I, I reached out to him um because he he last year in 2021 he completed 100 courses for the, uh for unreal online learning has 100 badges and i'm like jeez that's a lot that's cool uh and and it's cool because like there's a point of pride of him doing that and it's also like it's really awesome that he did do that uh and it's fun it was i wanted to talk to him to kind of see his process and like his plan and he's going to take that and move forward and make stuff with it but you know i think if we can create content that people can like you're saying uh clinton like hey i this is telling me right away. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll go back and do the first one, and then I'll mm-hmm. do the next one. Um, I, I like that kind of stuff because that's the one thing that YouTube videos. I mean, sometimes when you have a good playlist, it helps. But uh, YouTube videos, it's like, all right, cool. I did this. Now what?
2: It's why platforms like Duolingo are so successful, right? Like, they mm-hmm. they give you that process and that it's a little bit gamified, but you know, it it makes it fun, I guess, mm-hmm. to learn the content. Um, so yeah,
0: yeah people are very goal orientated, I think just as, oh, as kind of human nature, right? So if you're, if there's definitely like some sort of objective you're shooting for, it's, it's easier to kind of follow the process. Whereas yeah, one, if you go like, if you go on YouTube and you, and you just, you know, you randomly go about and you do a, a tutorial on how to make some funky stylized wind lines. If that's in isolation, it's kind of a bit pointless, but if you've, if you've got a project already and you need to add to it, um, then it's much more useful. I think, yeah courses if you can have a, a course that actually you know start off with the outcome and, and what what someone's gonna hopefully achieve um that that definitely helps kind of set a right well i know by the end of this i'll have made this prop or i'll have an understanding of how to do this or this um def- definitely helps people stick with it better
1: oh yeah and that's why i think like it's nice to have the learning path that identify like the role but also it's nice to have the projects where it's like hey we know at the very end of this you're going to make this and i think you know uh clinton did this really cool series that just came out um a part series on our station where it's like hey you're gonna make this by the end of it and it breaks it all down so you kind of know the path along the way of like what you're gonna end up making it's it's cool to see
0: Yeah, yeah for sure um so one thing i wanted to touch on a little bit so Clinton, I don't, I don't know been Clinton. Obviously, you've got experience with stuff like CGMA, which is like a sort of more hybrid kind of teaching approach where you have, mm-hmm. you do have the pre-recorded stuff, but you've also got sort of the in-person sessions as well. Yep. Um, how have you kind of seen? you know how, how how do your students kind of get on with with that style um especially for for kind of people who have been self-learning so not someone who's done a sort of traditional maybe university education and then come to you but someone who's either starting fresh or you know i've done a little bit of self self-learning before how do they get on with with that kind of hybrid approach
3: sure yeah so i think in general it's uh cgma is it's kind of similar to cg spectrum but yeah cgma i've been teaching there for a while and we're i'm just about to release the um The intro to UE5 course, and that's going to cover a lot of like nanite and like lumen stuff. Uh, And I've been teaching the modularity course there for four, five, uh, five years now. And in general, I find that a lot of the students. Yeah, 45. (laughs) In the womb, reverse. Uh, uh, So. Uh, yeah. So four, yeah, four or five. I can't even, I don't even remember. But anyway, uh, so that I find that with most people that take that course, they, there's a lot of self-learners and you find that most people that are taking that course are there for one of two reasons. They have already tried, uh, taking a lot, like re, like taking a lot of content on YouTube or elsewhere that's free or uh, downloadable. That's more of like a, I watch the video, I make the thing and then I, here it is. Or uh, they're in the industry, and they find that they maybe they're in in the industry. Like um, I have a lot of people that are from like uh, military sims and ops, and so a lot of times those kind of studios won't really push for like top tier quality. They're more pushing for like simulation quality, where it's like this looks good for a client that's viewing how this. Plane is going to fly, but it's not like AAA A quality. And it looks super cool, you know, that kind of thing. And so they're trying to like get to that next level of quality for themselves in their own portfolio to continue their career. Um, so I find that you kind of get those two kind of people, and those people are, I would say, the most successful people that come through CGMA are are typically self motivated to the point where they really, at the end of the day, they don't really need me. But what it provides them is that it provides them an understanding of. Here is, if in an industry standard practice, here is the correct process in which most studios are taking or most companies are taking when they go about creating content. So they can kind of check themselves against the structure in which I've kind of laid out for them. And then at the same time, I'm also providing them kind of step-by-step guidance as to uh, like visual quality in which they're achieving. So not only do they kind of understand really the technical guidelines in which they should be providing each step along the way, but also like, is this to a visual quality in which we would deem like AAA quality or whatnot? And so I find having those kind of two reassurances uh, for those 10-week and 6 weeks class, you know, uh, respectively, really helps people to kind of take that next step. So even people that have already gone to school or whatnot, or like, you know, done those online things, it's like they will truly then understand like what the process is when you actually get into the studio compared to being like, well, I made this and I baked this and I did this, but like, how does, that actually, how does that actually change or what does that actually mean when I actually get into a studio as to like what that process will be? Um, and that's sort of like what we've also been hitting on when it came to the art station learning stuff is just con- trying to continue to reinforce the idea of like really truly understanding like how that process is in a studio setting comparatively to just being like, I'm in a bubble and I learn how to make a normal map. Like, what does that mean now? Like, where do I go next? Uh, and it's like you said about like the, the one video it's like, in a, in a, in a, in itself is kind of pointless w- unless you understand the condition in which it's applied to all things uh, surrounding it or relative to it.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think it's also what like we do as mentors as well. It's like a lot of times we'll deal with people who, necessarily probably don't even need us like they could figure out their stuff and i think that's always the argument of like what's keeping me from just doing something uh on like just using ArtStation learning or using like youtube learning or any of that stuff and you know there's nothing like someone could do that And, and it depends on you as a person like someone could literally run through that stuff and do amazing and not need to go to school some people need to do a combination of both and some people just need to be in school and have someone tell them what to do uh, it really depends on the per- person. I, I don't think there's just one or the other. I think it's always a combination.
2: Yeah, I mean, so so often people go like, oh yeah, you're wasting your time at uni, you should have done this. And I mean, we've covered this in past podcasts, but like for me and me specifically, uni was great because it provided me with a, with a specific kind of environment that I was looking for. Maybe it didn't provide me with the absolute most curated content for getting into the industry, but it just helped me grow as a person in that way. Which is what I was looking for, and it worked for me, but it won't work for everybody, right? So it, it it's completely on a case by case basis.
1: Yeah, no, and, and I, yeah, that's what the, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I went to a school that, and I'll say it, it was a terrible school. It was so bad that the fact that, like, that it since then has been completely closed and they demolished the building. That's how bad it
4: it <laughs>
2: wasn't my high school. My, what happened to my yeah. high school? As well. it's like,
1: it wasn't bad enough that they closed it; they actually demolished the building. I was like, yeah. oh, just I to make, make sure, remove
5: yeah. evidence,
1: yeah. And, and they, they scrubbed this all over it. And it's like, no, nothing can grow here again.
3: <laughs> and they scrub, they scrub Justin's name off the front. They're like, never again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it. But it was, it was, it was a bad school, and I knew that. And my financially, I was restricted to what I could do, and I made the most of it. And I think. You know, I, you, you put anyone in a situation, uh, you put them in the best school, you give them all these resources. It really comes down to, you know, are they really passionate or tenacious enough or organized? And can they actually communicate their needs? And I feel like, you know, today, and I'm not saying this is all students, but like, you know, could, how, how do I do this? It's like, if you can't take your question and put it in a Google and get an answer, then you're, you know, why, why ask me? It's basically, you're telling me that your time is worth more than mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's different you. if it's a friend, because it's kinda like, oh yeah, I went up, but it's like if it's a stranger reaching out to or a student. Totally. It's like, Come on, man. Like just put it in a little effort.
3: I, my favorite is what at this point in my career where I get asked, and you guys know this. I've done a lot of these like like podcasts and like talks before and like a lot of like educational content. And I'll get like, How do I get a job in the industry? And I'm like, just look at my art station. There's like literally fifty articles. Come on. Like you didn't even try. <laughs>
1: Well, even beyond that, it's like, like there's. I remember when I was in college, it's like I had to go to career services and like, what was it? I think we had to like, it was like baking my content to a VHS tape and blindly sending Uh it out. It's like, I don't even think I had email back then. It's like, what the hell? And now you go to a website and not only does it show you what that studio works on, their quality that gives you blogs, it shows you the career part of it, it shows you what they're working on. A lot of them have dev diaries. It's like, are you doing any research? Can you just take yeah. all those bullet points and put how to in front of it? Or even look at your work and make sure that you can showcase it. But they're like, I can't get a job. And I'm like, No, you can't. You're just you are lazy.
2: Well, no, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. exactly. exactly. Yeah.
1: But and, and it's and and the funny thing is there's so many jobs out there in the industry right now, and there's a huge influx of people wanting it. And then, let's just say that person actually gets the interview. The one thing they're kind of failing right now is just these. The, it's that person. that's like, well, I'm going to learn Unreal and become the best at it. But they completely scrimp on you know basic art skills, design skills, and talking, and <laughs> they just bomb the interview. Uh,
2: yeah, man. That that's the that's one of the biggest things as well. I've uh, interviewed a lot of people and. You know they they come out with these really, I don't even want to say really great pieces, but they're just art pieces that are are of decent quality or there's a lot of time put into it, so it's polished. Um, but you, you talk to them and they they're either just sort of like you said completely like <laughs> useless at talking, or it's clear that they're not passionate at all and they're just doing that because they did it and it's just like whatever. And it 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 it, it shows that they lack this sort of fundamental skills of how to be an artist and i mean there's the there's a whole thing about the production artist versus the artist artist right the production artist will just do whatever it's given to them and the artist is usually the person that's going to push the i don't know the composition of this city or whatever but like there's space for both but i find that you kind of need those fundamental skills at least to a certain level even as a production artist and i think a lot of people lack that because they don't really know why they want to even work in the industry they're just like i just want to
1: That's actually a good point. And I think that's okay. So I I have thoughts on this. I think in the last year, not year, last like 18, 15 years, with the, the, because when I was was in college, there was no such thing as game development. When I was going to college, I was just learning like, I think it was like media arts and animation. Game dev schools came out in like the last 10, 15 years. And you see these people who know they need to go to school and maybe their parents are going to pay for it. And they're like, they don't want to go to traditional school and They're like well i like playing games i like watching movies i'm like those are very passive skill sets like <laughs> i like to cook but i'm not going to go to culinary school and open a restaurant and um you get these people that come in and they think that their ideas are creativity like i have got all these ideas i'm like everyone in a studio even like the hr people have amazing ideas but they're not saying that because you know we're we're hired for skills and then eventually you can inject your your creativity into your job once you earn the trust and like you show that you can do what you're going to do but um it's this this attitude of like the was it typical students that i've dealt with before especially at one of the schools i was at they just draw manga and like and animate all the time i'm like do you is that what you want to work in oh yeah i'm like have you researched those studios do you know where they're located do you know what you have to do well, no, I'm like, well, I probably ex- like, you know, pull from a deeper bucket of creativity so you can like, you know, research good movies, cinema, go outside, go for a walk, paint stuff, like take photos, like don't just be the person that draws like Pokemon on your, your notebook over and over again. And I've seen those students and the, and then the minute that you tell them that they actually have to learn that this is, this is not some, it's a, it's a skillset. You will get tired because you're problem solving and you're thinking so much and if you're not taking care of yourself like physically and mentally like you'll burn out and when you see students coming through that that like well i love video games and this isn't what i thought it was going to be and they meet any form of resistance in terms of this wasn't easy to learn well no shit like if it was easy to learn everyone would be doing that you think someone wants to go outside and be a garbage man no they'd be like oh, <laughs> maybe 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 i mean they get paid a lot of money yeah sure. Um, Clinton, you get a backup job. (laughs) It's hard. And and I think people have this assumption that these things are going to be easy to do and they're not, they're hard.
2: Yeah. And I mean, some of them even make their way into the studio in all kinds of disciplines. And I mean, they don't tend to pass probation, but I've seen my fair share of people that kind of come in and and they're like, well, I don't want to do that. And then you go, okay, well, we hired you to do all kinds of stuff, not to just make what you want to make. Yeah
1: yeah and yeah, and that's not not the team mentality it's like i i've worked with those people where at at specific studios like when i was at activision those people that like well i finished my tasks i'm leaving and it's like man you're on a team like yeah like be a little proactive like i'm not saying you have to work 12 hours a day but if you're done and you're like twiddling your thumbs go to the one person and be like hey what do you need oh uh, you want me to make some weapons i've never done it before why don't you sit me down and show me yeah it's like it's all it takes and it's a bit
2: work, of ambition as well, right? Like um, not uh, ambition in a way of like, I want to draw manga ambition in a way that you just, you just want to be a good artist and you just want to improve.
1: Yeah. yeah, totally. And, and It's also like, let's be yeah. honest. If I'm working for Clinton and Clinton works and, Clinton, and the project gets reviewed well and people buy it and people want to put more money into it. That means that the company is going to be doing well. That means I keep my job. That means, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it, uh, I, I worked at studios where people like phoned in things and they're like, i'm like how are you not surprised when the game tanks and there's layoffs
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely
0: yeah working with someone who's actually passionate and really cares makes such a difference um it's, it, it can it comes through a lot when someone really likes what they do as opposed to somebody who just sort of does the thing
4: yeah.
5: yeah i was gonna say i feel like that's easier to do later in your career like to work on something you enjoy because i think justin was mentioning students just kind of you know struggling for work or whatever but they're probably just taking any job to begin with and chances are so it's on a project that they don't like to start with or the team or something but for them they just want to land that first job uh, first job yeah but i think if you're passionate enough and
2: your skill you know that shows through your skill you can get the job working on something that you want to work
5: on right? <laughs> okay, definitely but i think you know yeah, say a large percentage yeah you know. of students probably just kind of get so excited the first job offer they take it even if it's on a project that they're not
3: yeah I think it's very passionate it, about that's pretty normal I think I, and most people I know that even their first job is not their favorite job by any means I can't I can't name I don't think I can name really many people that their first job was their favorite or their yeah, my, my yeah. Model, you know? it was
1: fun my first job was fun but I also like had and it was like I worked for high voltage and it was like a third- party independent developer we worked on like family guy and jackass the game and Leech like it was a bunch of games that i was like all right it's a low budget quick push them out you'll learn a lot because you're thrown in the deep end it's kind of mm-hmm. like driving a shitty car um and, and uh, I, I i had fun and i learned a lot and a lot of the people that work there go on to amazing studios um but it, it, a lot of it was also like was super like i saw a lot of bad things that like fights it was just you know you can tell when something's run more like ragtag and things are run more properly and I feel like the first couple of studios I worked at, like especially Midway Games, because that was like as they were getting <laughs> closed, and I was like, Oh man, anything went there. <laughs> and uh, it was just funny seeing that stuff. And you know, it, I think you have to treat each, I think there's something enjoyable, like to go back to the whole Lord of the Rings reference, there's something enjoyable about the journey, like to land at your dream job right away when you graduate, that's kind of boring.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't know the difference of what sucks
1: <laughs> exactly.
5: You wouldn't have anything to compare it to, would you? Like yeah. you don't know what makes that one so great.
1: So that's yeah. Yeah. true.
3: I think, uh, yeah, the, I've, I've, there's been studios where I've worked at where I'm like, you, you talk to people about it and you realize that for a second, you know, that you're like, is this the golden age of this studio? Like, is this the golden age of our period here? Like, is this the best time? Like, is this the best place I've worked so far? Or is do I like this the most? And it's like, you kind of have to be really aware of like the pleasures that you do have compared to the things that you don't at any studio and the things that you're learning compared to the things that you're not. And it's like, I think any first job, regardless if it's good or not, it's still an opportunity for you to get paid to continue to learn. And that's like, exactly that's completely different than just sitting at home
1: and not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I don't know about you. I, I paid for college on my own. And I, mentality yeah. was like, cause I, I was making like $20,000 a year. My first time working in industry now, it wasn't that much, so I was still working at other places. But I was like, you know what? I'm getting paid to learn now. I'm not paying to learn. Exactly. I, mean, I justified it to myself. That's the difference, for sure. You guys were all impressed with my money, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, wow. speechless. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs>
3: Big bucks. Big daddy yeah. wool bucks. to yeah. Still <laughs> <Yeah>,
5: exactly.
2: <laughs> Made $20,000 for the past
3: 50 years. Yeah. I'll show them. Yeah, right? <laughs> me a raise, screw you
0: <laughs> inflation can't hurt you if you close your eyes yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: i don't like handouts yeah <laughs> yeah i love them
0: <laughs> i think that's a pretty good time to jump to some patreon questions unless anyone has anything they uh they're dying to get out beforehand
4: that oh, no, sounds good. good
0: okay so um first one from cairo so i think we've touched a little bit on it um but he's he's asked about how how far station learning you go about selecting who provides the courses um, and what are the criteria that depends on. So I guess you can kind of cover. I mean, you talked about some of the Epic learning stuff as well. So I guess I guess it kind of bleeds into that. I think you mentioned it a little bit, Justin, but it'd be good to kind of yeah go into maybe what. I
1: think I think it become you know uh, when I'm looking for stuff I want to see someone that has um, someone who's tr- truly kind of like mastered their specific niche inside of um the development world uh if you're like hey i'm gonna be really really good at mega scan trees and um like quixel like whatever it might be like just show me show me that you aren't like i can do everything no show me what you're really really good at and what you would really want to showcase teaching because if you look at our stage learning um you know we have a lot of amazing content already up there and, and, and artist just in general has amazing content so how do you stick out in that i think you you know you have to own your specific primary skill and have a, a portfolio that shows that you know how to make it and with really good breakdowns that you know if we were to, to work with you you already have kind of like this this following within the community that people are like wow this person makes amazing work and they consistently make amazing work oh they got they have a series now too that there's people that would generally want to watch what you're creating. Cause that's something we have to, you know, we, we kind of have to be picky choosy. It's not about playing favorites. It's about, you know, there does have to be some sort of interaction with the, the community because that's the community is going to be the one that's supporting it and watching it. You know what I mean? Definitely.
3: Yeah. I, I had a, I actually had a um, an artist ask me about this. They're like, well, like why, why does ArtStation learning not permit anyone from just like posting on ArtStation learning? And I'm like, well, technically you can because you can post to your own por- uh, profile to your, uh, to your store to like sell uh, a learning series or a learning video, but that's at your discretion. I think what's good about art station learning and about like to this question's <laughs> point is that these kind of people are like authorities to the point where if you learn something from them, it's safe to assume that's either industry standard or within the industry accepted realm of process. Uh, and, you know, if, Jim Bob Jones is doing his like art station learning series. And he's never, even, he's, he's a, he's a hobbyist, you know, yeah. and suddenly he like posts an art station learning video because anyone can post it. Then it's like, you go learn that. And then you go recite that at your job, you know, that might not be the right way at all to go about doing something. And you may be ton, you know, tons of errors and full of issues, but it's like, I think what's really important is that these are people that that are coming into art station learning are, are kind of signified, Uh, you know authority figures in that particular skill set like you were saying it's like they actually they actually have some kind of like you know strength behind the punch as to like what they're showing and it's can be assumed that it is industry standard
1: yeah and i I, that that is a huge thing and i don't don't again it's it's not that people pay play favorites or like no one's like reaching out and like like oh god yeah here's like it's just like you you it's it's community it's it is Mm -hmm. a community and like like any community like if i was to open up like a like a coffee shop in my neighborhood and then like put out a series of like hey how to make my coffee no one's gonna buy it i have to like become part of that community and get people mm-hmm. a reason to like come by and be like oh, that guy does amazing stuff and again that's why i think decagon does such great work because you have been so ingrained into uh the community and like creating content and sharing content and it, it made it easy and no-brainer to do something like that
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a bit, I don't want to say shallow, but like you kind of have to be a little bit famous, I guess, right? Like you have to put yourself out there and just at least be known in a way. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't say famous. You just have to, like, you you have to put the work in. Um, I mean, it makes sense though. It's like, why would I, give me a reason to listen to what you're saying. If it's someone that's done nothing, why would
0: I listen to what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. bit of authority behind it. Exactly okay yeah, i think that's a pretty good answer and uh we've got one well this is sort of a two-part question here which is <laughs> first part is pretty massive so uh, we will have to try and think of a way to to not go not go on another two-hour talk about this but, <laughs> uh moham is asked um what do you guys think about online learning versus art schools
3: mm. that's a good one uh justin you can
1: go first you want to go first uh what was it again sorry
2: Uh, online learning versus versus art schools schools.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, i like online learning i I think there's a combination of both i mean i think if they're asking what the difference is like what my opinion is of of doing strictly online learning or going to art school in person i think you can do both Um, right now especially during these times it's whatever you feel comfortable with i think certain classes like life drawing or something that's more tactical and hands-on yeah you should go to in-person class but there's some things where you just want to be more project related or you're trying to like ramp up. And I think working remotely with that stuff is great. I mean, again, I'll, I'll reference one of the schools that me and Clinton both help with, which is uh, CG Spectrum. And it's like, I like that one because they give you content that's pre-recorded, and you help them, but then they can choose to watch it as many times as they want, when they want, and then they meet with a mentor. Uh, And and we discuss what they're working on. It could be like troubleshooting areas or like tips and tricks. And um, I enjoy that because I think a lot of people, um, you know, I've taught in person and it's hard to connect to people in person because, you know, at a specific time period, maybe they aren't that, like maybe their attention span's not there. Maybe they're not good at asking questions in front of other people. Um, Whereas being online, they like, it feels like they have more comfort. They aren't as, um, uh kind of like anxious asking questions and you can kind of control how you learn and when you learn
3: yeah i think it also depends on like what type of learner you are too like i and also also your overall goal like i've uh i went to school traditionally and i learned a lot of things online but like at the time i was going to school there wasn't a lot of resources for like unreal so i think i think it proved to be useful Then more than I think maybe potentially now to me in particular, but it really just depends on your learning style. And then when I was going to school, I I also didn't really know what I wanted to do. So like I did graphic design first, then I got a degree in that, and then I was like, that's not what I want to do. And then I went back to school and and got a 3D or whatnot. So it's like I think what I liked about school for myself in a traditional sense was that it allowed me to explore a lot of mediums because I knew I liked art, I just wasn't sure what type of art that I was into. So if you're kind of like really openly curious about like all media, then that's, I think is a good way to go about exploring it in a uh, traditional sense. But if you're like, no, I'm, I'm into games and I'm, I'm really passionate about like pushing forward as an environment artist or a character artist or, you know, Houdini artists or whatever it is that you're really excited about. I think that there's definitely a lot of viable directions that you could take with just purely online learning, uh, you know, through uh, either a school like cg spectrum cgma or any of those like that or uh you know online learning like Station courses or whatnot as well too
1: yeah i mean i think of uh of like in-person school is like a, a buffet you try it on mm-hmm. and you're kind of figure out what you like and then maybe when you figure out what you like some people actually might go back to a school like cg spectrum or think tank or Norman after they've gone through a traditional program they're like hey you know i learned a lot i got my Design skills, I got a lot of my communication. I got a lot of my stuff, and that's a school. And then maybe you want to hit up like one of those other schools. It's like to me, it's more of a trade school where you're focusing completely on that specific skill set and that craft.
3: Definitely, yeah. I don't, I don't think through through a traditional school you would find that you would be as uh, particularly focused as, like, say, for instance, that someone that may have gone through like Think Tank or like you know another school like that would have been. But you will have more of an understanding of multiple. Things that you could test to see what you like exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you don't, we, it, it, it's very rare. I mean, unless you're someone who like really knows what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, even if you do, I still encourage someone to really get through and dig into those traditional and uh, design and art skills because it's going to make you a better uh, creative. I think the problem is that when someone thinks about games or whatnot, they just get fixated on certain things. But it's like your whole job is to. Visually solve creative problems and interpret the world around you. And mm-hmm. if you don't have a more robust skill set, I used to feel like you know, uh, there's there's people out there that are younger than me that can run circles around me art wise. But I'm pretty confident in my ability to talk, plan, communicate. Like there's other skill sets that I know I bring to the table that make me a value. So it's not just how good with the tool are you. It's there's you need to be more well rounded.
2: I, mean, I guess it's how good of a game
5: developer are you, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. you know, just an artist. Yeah, for sure. You're not going to pick up, or you're unlikely to pick up those soft skills, kind of doing an online course as opposed to to going to art school and meeting, um, meeting loads of people. I think the 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 thing about university for me as well is like the the diversity of people that I met at university was so oh, that's a good point. Massive. You you kind of um, you know, I I came from a fairly small sort of area. Everyone around is, is kind of, you know, very, very old, very white. Um, you go to <laughs> university, you just you just meet a lot of really interesting, cool, diverse people. And they might not necessarily be doing games, they might be doing other things, but that, that kind of, I think it opens you up to just, yeah, just being a more rounded person as well. It's that, yeah. that kind of stuff you can't get from an online course.
2: Yeah, it makes you more worldly for sure i definitely got more around in the uh,
1: university. Of <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't want to say
5: that. that was, uh, <laughs> me and Luan were at uni, so it's probably one of the, the coffee shops that made us around.
0: And uh, as a follow-up, Mohamed's also asked, um, how do you guys see the future of game art education?
1: Of hmm. uh, Education? I mean, I honestly think the best way to stay with it, ed- I think there's going to be two types of schools that are just literally going to become more relevant. And I think they are naturally. I I think we're going to see actually maybe three parts. I mean, art station uh, uh, learning is going to be very, very relevant. I think it's going to be leveraged a lot in um, college classrooms and uh, by like hobbyists and just users in their own time. And even people who are professionals that want to keep up. But I also feel like, you know, schools like SCAD, for example, that's a full blown art experience. I think maybe someone is going to go there to kind of like figure out what they want to do. And they do have great programs to dig in deeper, but I feel like other programs again, like CG spectrum or like, Nomen or think tank or lost boys or any of those schools that are just more smaller and specialized, that's going to be where a lot of people go to, to, to kind of like master the stuff and push forward because they can, they're small enough that they can pivot and uh, keep up with the technology trends and like the switches. I remember one of the schools I was teaching at, I'm not going to say which school it was, but it took them six years of me begging for them to get unreal engine, which is free by the way, on their computers. And that's then, a long time. That see, is a long, exactly. long time. <laughs> to be yeah, fair, our
2: uh, uni wouldn't update Unreal for ever. Well, we
5: we started Unreal when you had to pay for Unreal. Oh, that's true. And then they unleashed it everywhere.
1: Well, it's it's also one of those things that like unreal if you're looking at some of these bigger schools the game development or virtual production or visual effects is just a fraction of their departments and maybe they're like oh well, hey our fashion department or hey our creator is like more profitable so we're not going to even pay attention mm-hmm.
5: so it's like, that
1: makes sense like, and then they have such a bloated admin that like it has to go through all these approval processes whereas a smaller school it's like it's a it's a smaller admin they can pivot they understand they can change like Do you
5: Kind of a follow up on the question, but like, do you, do you guys think in the future online schools could have like degrees like CGMA, for example, in time? I mean,
3: a lot of them already already have certification, but I also don't think, I think we're also coming into a world where a degree, the word degree is not as, honestly, just not as important as it used to be.
5: Yeah, of course. Let let me rephrase that, I guess, because I imagine there's a lot of, there's like probably a lot of students out there that default to uni because mm-hmm. it's kind of the norm. Like they want that piece of paper for visa and stuff. And they kind of don't think mentorships provide that or CJMA and, and other places, um, you know, cause yeah. I don't know which ones do or if they do. Yeah. Um, uh,
3: I mean, I know, I know CGMA does. I know uh, CG spectrum does. And I know uh, like, yeah, a lot of like these online schools definitely provide some form of certification or whatnot, but really when it breaks down to it, I, I don't, I mean, Justin, you can say what you, what, how you've experienced this, but I've never like looked at someone's like portfolio and been like, yeah, it's a really good portfolio, but uh, what's your yeah. certification in, uh, <laughs> uh, in Maya? <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, I've exactly. never asked that. <laughs> it's just
5: the visas, I think at the end of the day, like I I never look at people's education whenever I interview people, like I don't yeah. really care where they where
1: they study. Amen. Amazing portfolio, but uh, where'd yeah. you go? Yeah, yeah. I,
2: have, I have an Unreal University certificate, which I got in 2012, and that has never been useful. Yeah. I'm just saying.
3: <laughs> but I will <laughs> say this is, one this one thing about that is that if you do plan on going to a different country to work, that degree oh, yeah. does become invaluable. Yeah, definitely.
5: Because... It's just that I, I know there's probably students like thinking the complete opposite, where they're like, oh my God, the degree is the most important thing, not the portfolio, mm-hmm. or like what they've studied. So Art
3: art is one of the few, I think, uh, borderline things that just, honestly, it's just, it boils down to like 90% art, 10 to 10% degree. And then Mm -hmm. the only people that actually care about the degree are, are all the people in the world, not making art or caring about art. So (laughs) like, you know, government stuff or like, you know, visa stuff, like that's going to be ultra important. And like, it's unfortunate, but like most times to get into a different country to work, you're going to need some kind of higher learning degree or to show that, or if you want to teach at a university, like a like a full university, you, you typically need some kind of full degree.
0: Yeah.
2: And there's varying levels too. Like um, I think to work in the US, if you have a bachelor's degree here, you got to have five years of experience or seven or something like that. And if you have a master's degree, it's like three or something like that. So there's so like... Too- I've been
1: teaching yeah. since I was 22 and I don't have a master's. There's only certain schools that ask you for that. And it's like, well, you better go get one time. then,
5: man. That's still time yeah
1: <laughs> well and that's the thing like i remember i, I was like all right i'll get it's like 2018 i'm like all right i'll get a, a master's and i just sat and the first semester and then they're like well do you want to teach and i'm like well, you told me i can't because i need a master's well you already know everything i'm like well see the problem here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Yep.
4: Yeah.
3: I got a master's, but I also got a shit ton of debt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's a
1: trade off, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's why you always like you have to, like bring it up in all the meetings. Hey, uh, <laughs> this is uh, uh, clinching crop. <laughs> it's
4: it's just like a doctor,
3: right? You can be an asshole about it after you get it, but, but, yeah. but no one, no one really cares. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is Dr. Crumpler,
2: God. Yeah. <laughs> one day we'll get there with games industry. Yeah, okay. get a doctorate. Oh
1: yeah. my <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could you just see someone walking through the halls of like one of those studios? Uh, um. Okay, uh, this is doctor. I have a a PhD. In- <laughs> you're at a playerism. Yeah,
3: you're yeah. At a plane. Is there a doctor in the house? Uh, yes, uh, I'm a doctor of games. <laughs> <laughs> render his heart out. And we
1: can do a fun game on CPR. <laughs> so
3: <laughs> played all
2: the Surgeon Sims. Yeah, and
3: all the Surgeon Sims I know quite well. <laughs> Back up, everyone. I played Cooking Mama many times.
0: Exactly. <laughs> all right. On that note,
2: <laughs> thinks time for my extra question, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's the Loann bonus question time.
2: Welcome everyone to round twenty-six of Loan bonus question.
0: Uh, round- well, I guess yeah, it's twenty-six because it's 26, you're, the- you're a yeah. guest on the first one. So,
2: oh shit, yeah. Um, all right. So to uh, to Clinton first, and then Justin. Um, you are in charge of making the next Nintendo console, and it has to have some sort of cool, new, revolutionary way of interacting with games. What is it that it- you're doing? Oh man, yeah, I got you there. This is gonna it? be drink
1: related. like a camel pack that's attached to the console yeah
3: yeah i feel like i feel like there needs to be like okay i keep seeing this weird like this thing it keeps popping up on my like facebook feed about like this korean computer screen or television where you can like taste it or like lick it (laughs) so i feel like (laughs) i feel like i feel like we need to get to that point where it's like a full interactive experience where it's like the whole South Park bike thing where it's like That's not, that I'm, not that <laughs> not that <laughs> oh, comfortable.
2: Not that comfortable, but it's I, like,
3: I wanna experience all all senses when I'm like experiencing the VR stuff now.
5: Here's exactly. The, the taste.
1: The smells. <laughs> it's gonna be a taste. The smells.
3: Yeah. yeah, all that stuff. I wanna know i want to feel all those things. I think I think it'll be cool like when you finally get to that point where in like a VR and you go into like a subway and you can like smell it. You know like you, oh, know, you can, yeah. like, taste like it. That, and you're like the-
1: that deli meat, you're like, yeah, it's like, mm, right. and then you leave and you still smell like it.
3: Yeah, that, that's
1: I just, why
5: you play games, right? <laughs>
1: yes. right
5: and then
2: instead of relighting it, people start rechanging the smells for Yes, it.
1: totally. You'll have
5: like, smell a artist, right there.
0: Totally. <laughs> going to be a rough game. It? Oh. I mean, I,
1: I think we just came up with something, smell artist. It's amazing. Yeah. Doctor. Smell artist. Doctor.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Justin, your turn.
1: I mean, I don't know if I can top that, but I would, I'd have to agree. Like, if, if, we're think, if we're thinking pie in the sky out there, I mean, definitely something that you can, like, uh, smell or, or, or add to the senses with. But if we're thinking realistically, if I was Nintendo,
4: hmm,
1: if I was Nintendo, I would just make sure that I'm creating something that has enough hard drive space. I'm not just, <laughs> I, feel like they're, I feel like what they're going to do is they're going to just have two types of games, the bright, colorful ones that are, like, you know, like easy to play, but they're going to like, all right, we're going to make Zelda like 20 times bigger. So you can just literally live in the woods. uh, (laughs) uh, But uh, I would want, I would want them to just, fully integrate inside of it without even doing some weird download. Like you should be like, you know what? Just put all the Nintendo 64, all the Super Nintendo, all the Nintendo games. Just, yeah. Just in yeah. It. Don't, don't make me download it. Don't I think
2: everyone it. wants that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just part
1: of it from now on. Cause it's like, you know, you can fit it on like a fraction of it. So just do it. Include GameCube stuff in there too. Jeez. Come on, so Literally just, the whole yeah. Nintendo library. Yeah, you can they do the whole
5: their IPs yeah.
1: for that. And I feel like they need to make their, like the one, I have a switch. I like it, but I just uh, I wish they didn't try to like be so clever with their controllers. Just keep it simple.
2: Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Just add more screens, right? They added two yeah, like more <laughs>
0: step to the third
5: screen. Yeah. yeah. Make it 360. Oh, yeah.
0: The, the, yeah, instead I mean, of a again, DS. I'm
1: old. I, I, I grew up with the original to- Nintendo, so I'm like, I just want to keep it nice and simple.
5: Simple is mm-hmm. best, in my yeah. opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. Every single time they do like a, a version of Nintendo, it's like, oh, man. There's like all these different no, I'm good. Just keep I want to plug it in, just be able to play it and not have like all these weird configurations for the controllers and
0: see what what you don't realize is actually the Nintendo testing lab um, is in area Fifty-one, and they have a turn their aliens. That's why <laughs> the N sixty-four had like three hold yeah. holder bits. Yeah, they just well, had three arms. Oh yeah. That I'm that
1: whatever happens is that like they they put it out soon, so people can shift their focus to that, and I can actually get a fucking PlayStation Five.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Struggles. Really. They don't exist. They
1: don't. They do you always find out. Like, I had. A, I have a friend that like casually messaged me like like two weeks ago he's like oh man i got a playstation 5 one of my friends got it he just brought over because he didn't want to play it and i'm like you've never played a game just give it to me i don't know man i'm gonna try it out i'm like god damn it (laughs) (laughs) i've been been trying to get one for like two years like people who don't even like care about it like they should add
5: that on the checkout page like are you a game dev yes provide proof
3: put
2: your certificates
1: you know exactly
3: Degree. out." (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, use perfect use for it, right? Yeah. Your doctorate, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's <it, man.
0: laughs> doctor. Give me a PlayStation 2. <laughs> Same for GPUs. Why not
5: do
3: everything? Oh man, it's terrible. You've got to really be, you've got to be
0: fast. It's like uh, you've got to be like a cowboy in the West, a quick draw on everything to buy anything these days. I don't
1: have time for that. I can't just be sitting there with like ninety windows open, like refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs>
5: And then the page blocks you because it thinks you're a bot.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to be, like, yeah, you have to be so quick with like getting your card credit card out and like, all right, cool, got it.
0: Yeah, it's like living in a Black Mirror episode at the minute, isn't it? Like, <laughs>
1: yes, definitely is. Definitely yeah, is. I, I, miss, I miss those ones. I, I, I wish I, that's that's a, a guy that I wish would make games. Uh,
2: oh, dude, play. yeah. I mean, he tried to do some interactive stuff, right? On the yeah, the, the
1: Bandersnatch one. I think yeah, he, yeah if he just did, oh, uh, you just you'd kill it. You did such a good job. I want him to make the next Nintendo. There
0: you go. Perfect. (laughs) It'll it'll have legs and try and kill you in your sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Luann, do you have any? Did you want to? Yeah, Are you extending that question to anyone else? A third? An extra question? Well, I was going to say, did you want anyone else to answer? Oh,
2: yeah. You guys can answer, of course, as always. You're you're
5: co-hosts. We're all co-hosts here. You have the power. (laughs) i don't i don't think we can top this to be honest yeah i think we've got a pretty <laughs> clear idea of the future of
2: gaming right here
5: but <laughs> i don't know we call it nintendo just you know you know how like microsoft tried to buy them many many years ago they should just do the the big move and just buy microsoft instead
2: many <laughs> impossible microsoft's buying every studio oh,
5: man. Nah. it's true
0: it's the end game isn't it disney buys everything end game it's just
5: a big game of monopoly at this point
0: oh wow <laughs> It's yeah. funny, as we're talking about this, I was looking at
1: uh, IGN.com and Mario Kart 9 is reportedly in development with a new
5: what
1: twist. NFT. <gasps> wait, wait, wait. This is where it gets better. Ready? The description says, industry analyst, Dr. Sirkan Toto. There's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> see,
3: see? They got it in Japan. Why don't they got it here? Yeah. What's the
1: twist?
5: What's the twist?
1: I don't know. We're going to I have away. to read the full article for his predictions.
3: It's the last game's courses backwards. I actually, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I saw this. I think one of the predictions is literally that, like, each cart or whatever will be an NFT. But
3: <laughs> oh, God. we'll see if Nintendo reduce that. Oh, God.
2: Flux
1: into your do get actual You out like Ubisoft did with their NFTs. Yeah. Yeah, probably back down. On that's another.
0: That's another big topic, isn't it? <laughs> not that is here. not a topic oh, we're beginning. covering here today. You oh. <laughs> just junk a to, to strong arm into your games to try and get more money. Yeah, right. I, uh, I had a coworker that we used to joke about how they're like the worst possible controller interfaces for games and how bad you could make them. So I'd want to see a console that does that, where you combine just everything you could. Like you, you just got light guns, DDR mats.
1: <laughs> you gotta make the controller really, really strong, so it's used to people taking it and throwing it against the wall.
0: Yeah. Didn't
3: just... it, did, Wasn't that the Steam controller?
1: <laughs> no, yeah. <Really? laughs> Is anyone going to get the Steam Deck? It comes out soon, doesn't
3: yeah. it? Or Actually, yeah, I've got one pre-ordered. Don't know if uh, it'll
2: ever come out, though. So we'll see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's they announced like, it like it was, was like almost ready, and then it just. Forever.
2: Yeah. Typical Valve dude.
0: <laughs> That's what happens when you don't make anyone work on anything. They just. It's the guys who were in charge of releasing it were like, hmm, now we don't do it anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, on that note, gentlemen.
0: Yeah, think, yeah, that just about concludes our time. So, um, yeah, thank you very much, Justin and Clinton, for, for being a guest. It was an absolute pleasure. Yeah,
3: same. Yeah.
0: And uh, thank you to Kemalouan for being here uh, to, to help yeah, help support Indeed. this podcasting adventure. Um, thank you everyone at home for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, if you want to get a little bit more EXP fix, uh, head over to the website and read some articles or come join the discussions on the Discord. But Until next time, everyone, uh, take care and happy 2022.
4: Cheer
5: <laughs> up, <laughs> oh, 2022, dude. Isn't it like
3: 2016? <laughs> it's 20, 2019. 2020, part two. Yeah.
0: nice I have to <laughs> like it <laughs> on the on like. <laughs> Bye <laughs> bye everyone bye <laughs> it's a DLC
3: for 2020 <laughs> <laughs>